Habits and Health, episode 29. Welcome to the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. Brought to you by an educator and coach for anyone who wants to create a healthier life. Here's your host, Tony Winyard. Welcome to the podcast where we give you ideas on ways to improve your health and create better habits to improve your health. Today's episode is with Devin Burke, who is a professional speaker, best-selling author, coach, workshop facilitator, and the founder of Empowerment Wellness Solutions, which is a company focused on empowering individuals and organizations to increase their capacity and performance. He's also a certified sleep science coach and the founder of the Sleep Science Academy, which helps people stop suffering and start sleeping using a unique holistic approach based in in science. So we're going to find out a lot more about how Devin helps people with sleep and the sort of issues that he's uh, often facing that, that people are having real problems with. So that's this week's episode with Devin Burke. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Habits and Health. And my guest today is Devin Burke. How are you, Devin? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show, Tony. Well, I'm looking forward to the show because uh, sleep is something. Well, the listeners of this podcast will know that sleep is it's my main priority in life. I made a, a commitment to myself last year. Sleep is my number one priority in life. So I always enjoy talking about sleep. <laughs> fantastic. Well, I, I, I'm in a total alignment with the uh, with your priority there. And I'm happy to share. There's a lot to talk about specifically. Well, and I guess we should explain for people wondering us. So what are we talking about? So you're, I mean, you're an expert in sleep. You're, you've done a lot of studying in sleep and something. Do you want to tell people more about what it is you do? Yeah. So essentially I help people all over the world who have uh, chronic insomnia, get in state of sleep naturally using holistic approach based in science. uh, So they don't have to rely on sleeping pills. And, um, it's uh, how I got there is, is a whole story in itself, but I'm, I'm happy to share that. But in a nutshell, um, what we do is we support people to, to sleep the way that they're biologically designed to sleep. And so a lot of times people have, it's a lot of it's psychology uh, and a lot of it's physiology and it's also environment. So we have a unique sort of framework that we, uh, we help people through in order to get them a, a result. Well, you touched upon in, in, in that little uh, intro, and you touched upon how you got there is an interesting story. So, so let's hear that story now. Yeah, yeah. So so, um, <laughs> so I always get the question, oh, so you must have had sleep, you know, really bad sleep problems to, to be able to, you know, and, and honestly, I, to disappoint people, I say, no, actually, I'm a fantastic sleeper. I used to think that sleep was something that I just took for granted, like everyone sleeps great. And Mm -hmm. I didn't really think about it. And it wasn't really until uh, a client of mine, I had studied all different types of healing modalities over, over really like a decade from nutrition to um, movement to, you know, psychology, so many different aspects, different mentors and programs and courses and trainings. And I was supporting people, specifically a lot of high performing entrepreneurs. And one of the problems this, this particular client was having was he couldn't sleep. And so he's like, Hey, can you, do you know anything about sleep? Can you help me with this? And I said, honestly, I, I don't. And so, but I said, let me look into it. And so when I started to look into the science of sleep, 
I just went down a rabbit hole. I had no idea that so much went on in the night and how powerful and important sleep is. And also what a massive problem it is for so many people and really what it does, not only to your physical health, but to your relationships and your productivity and to, you know, every other aspect of, of your life. And then I looked into what was available to help people that had this problem. And I said, Hmm, there's a massive opportunity here to, to support people. And mm-hmm. I started to experiment with this client say, Hey, listen, I'm going to, if you can, you, you know, if you're open to experimenting, I'm open to learning and testing. And if, you know, we were able to help him. And then I said, if I can help one person, then I can help, you know, thousands of people. And that zooms me up to, uh, you know, four years later doing just that, you know, giving people the, the tools and the frameworks and the, the support to, to really solve the problem. And, and so how do you, do you sort of do it typically on a one-to-one basis or, or like sort of face-to-face or online or I mean, how do you normally work? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's online. So we, we support people all over, the, all over, like I said, all over the, the world, mostly in the United States, but we have a, a, a framework and a program that people go through as well as coaches hmm. that support people through that framework, specifically with, for results, you know, that's, yeah. we, we, we implement what works and what doesn't work. We throw away, but we have a system around what it is we do. And I'd be more than happy to share how that system works and what it is. Um, yeah. No, I'd be of, fascinated. I mean, is, so is it anything, any similarities, for example, with CBTI? Is there anything, any similarities to that? So great question. And now does, and we do use some CBTI techniques, but we use a lot of other techniques as well. And I guess, we should mention for anyone thinking, what the hell is CBTI? So, <laughs> yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. So that's really the sort of the gold standard outside of sleeping medication for dealing with insomnia. Hmm. And you know, so when I really started to look into CBTI, it has some amazing techniques that are effective, but it also has a lot of downfalls, hmm. a lot of things that um, keep people stuck. Hmm. And so I started to look at, well, what what. It, what's available and what other components would help people that are not in that specific philosophy and, and system. And I discovered a couple things um, and then tested those things and, and got amazing results. Uh, so one of those things is uh, I'll just share with you tracking. So in traditional CBTI, you know, they have you keep a sleep diary um, you know, which causes you to look at the clock, which creates more anxiety. Mm. Um, yet also it's, it's not really accurate cause you're in and out of consciousness. So mm. we, we use technology to take all that out. Um, you know, so we leverage technology to sort of solve those sort of pieces in that specific sort of bucket. Another thing is not having the tools to really, uh, accept the discomfort that comes along with implementing some of those tools like sleep scheduling or stimulus control. So really giving people tools to understand how acceptance, what acceptance is and how do you embody acceptance, not just intellectually, but physically so that your body can get into a um, rest and digest state or a uh, parasympathetic state to then allow sleep to happen. These are just some of the things that I found uh, to be tremendously beneficial for people beyond just their traditional sort of cbti sort of course if you would so you, you mentioned tracking just then so is that like some kind of wearable or, or how how is it tracked yeah so we use what's called the aura ring and right, okay. um, yeah it's kind of like the gold standard in wearable sleep trackers hmm. um and 
you know, for some people, the thing, you know, you can't manage what you don't measure. But unfortunately, if you don't have the proper systems, tools and support and you're measuring your sleep and you do have, you know, a chronic sleep issue, it actually can backfire hmm. because you're getting this information. It's telling you, hey, you're you're sleeping terribly, but you don't know what to do about it. And, and then you go online and you start reading about sleep hygiene and you start saying, oh, OK, well, I got to make my room cold and dark, take magnesium and I have to you know, do all these things. And when you do those things, they don't work. Then it puts you, you know, in this spin of, oh, crap, there's something really wrong with me, which creates more stress, which creates more unrest. So really, you know, when we support clients, we always we start with how are you thinking about sleep itself? You know, your thoughts and beliefs about sleep, your thoughts and beliefs about what happens when you don't sleep. Mm. And the tricky thing is, Tony, a lot of those thoughts and beliefs are actually true. But by dwelling on them or, or really focusing on them, they create more of what you don't want. Hmm. And so it, it can get really um, paradoxical and a lot of the things, which is why one of the reasons why I love solving this problem for people. And, and uh, I'm just so excited to get this information out to, to more people is there are so many things within sleep that seem like they make sense. They seem like they would help you solve the problem that actually don't. So there's a lot of counterintuitive things that people just don't realize that they're, they're doing that are actually keeping them stuck. Mm-hmm. Some of those things you think, Oh, well, if I'm not sleeping well, I got to spend more time in bed. No, do not spend more time in bed. If you're not mm-hmm. sleeping well, uh, you know, another thing, take naps, do not take naps, it decreases sleep pressure. Right. So those two things seem to make sense, mm-hmm. but in the end, they, you know, they, they give you a little short term comfort, for unfortunately the sacrifice for the problem to continue. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of paradox in, <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in, in solving, uh, in solving sleep, at least the, 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 the sleep challenges that we, we see, which really, we, we help people that are, um, that have kind of run the gamut of sleep hygiene and maybe CBTI and maybe, uh, sleeping pills and all that. So well, there's a few things that you just said there that I want to kind of dig further into. So let, let's start off with going back to the Aura Ring. So for anyone who's listening and maybe is not familiar with with that, and, and it, there's obviously many other wearables, you know, the Whoop and Fitbit and all, all the various other wearables. Why would you suggest to someone that maybe an Aura Ring would be a good idea for them? Yeah, because you you can't manage what you don't measure. So just, you know, just like if you had high cholesterol, you go to the doctor and they'd say, okay, well, you, here's your test. You have high cholesterol. Now you can go on a diet or you can take this, this medication. Choice is yours. When you have information, um, you can take action on that information. So that's, mm. but again, I think where people go wrong with that is they don't get the proper support or tools. They try to do it by themselves. Mm. We all need support. Mm. Everyone needs support. And, and oftentimes pride gets in the way. Or, or, or maybe it's, you know, a story about we don't have the resources to get the support we need. Mm. You know, a lot of blocks that people have from getting support. But if you have information and you have somebody that can support you to take intelligent action on that information, it's transformational. Mm. It really is. Um, so that's why, you know, I'm a big believer in, in measuring things. Um, and, yeah. and, and letting people know, like, about sort of deep sleep and REM and so on, which I guess many people are very unfamiliar with. 
Yeah. So we, I mean, we can talk a little bit about the science of sleep. Mm. I, I love, yeah. You know, yeah. so there's, you know, there's definitely different stages of sleep that we, we go through each night. So, you know, there's um, essentially REM and non-REM sleep. Mm. different stages of non-REM sleep. So stage one, stage two, and stage three. Mm. And then there's REM sleep or rapid eye movement, which is dreaming sleep. And when we, when we talk about quality of sleep, we're talking about delta sleep or stage three. And mm -hmm. we're talking about REM sleep or dream sleep. And those are kind of when people talk about increasing sleep quality, those are the stages of sleep. The other stages of sleep are, are just as important now because, you know, they get you to those stages. Mm. Um, you know, light sleep and the transition from wakefulness to, to you know, being unconscious, mm. you know. And so we go through several cycles. You, if, you're, if you're getting seven to eight hours a night, four to five cycles every 90 minutes, we're going mm. in and out of you know, these different stages of sleep. And they each kind of have their own, um, from a physiological level, they, they, they each have different beneficial things that take place in those stages. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's it's important for people to realize, though, it's first and foremost, at least the way that we see it, is we want to make sure that you're getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. Then we want to make sure that that enough sleep is the best sleep it can be. Because right. oftentimes people, as you know, Tony, they just don't prioritize or protect sleep. They're, they're not or they're not getting enough of it. Mm. And so first and foremost, let's make sure that we, we can get you enough sleep and then we'll, we can worry about, well, what's actually what's the quality of that enough? If that mm. makes sense. Let me, let me give you an example. There's, there's someone I've been speaking with recently who's who has an issue. She almost every night, same thing happens. She goes to bed around about 11 o'clock and she wakes up around three o'clock. And sometimes she's able to get back to sleep. Um, but very often by four, four thirty, she's just up. She can't sleep anymore. And so she's regularly sleeping four to five hours. And she and she's been this way for quite a while. What what kind of things would you suggest that she try, for example? Yeah, that's a great. That's very common. That's what we call chronic maintenance insomnia. Hmm. So there's two different types of insomnia. There's onset insomnia, which is people that have issues initiating sleep, and then there's maintenance insomnia, which have people have issues um, waking up in the middle of the night, and not being able to get back to sleep. Hmm. And so you know, a CBTI technique. For people that have that wake up in the middle of the night and they're not able to to get back to sleep, first and foremost, um, compressing their sleep window to increase sleep pressure would be like one of the techniques. Uh, another technique that's even more powerful and important, though, is really understanding acceptance. Because what happens is people wake up in the middle of the night, and I bet you this is what's going on with with this person you're describing. They wake up in the middle of the night, and it's the problem isn't that they wake up in the middle of the night. The problem is what they make waking up mean, mm -hmm. and then what they do or don't do. So what most people do is they wake up, they they get frustrated that they're up. And and that frustration puts them their body in a hyper-aroused state, mm. which then doesn't allow them to go back to sleep. Yeah. And so, you know, if 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 I was speaking with this particular person, I would really help them identify, well, what are the thoughts and the beliefs that are keeping them from really accepting that they're awake in the first place? Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, there's a difference between intellectually thinking that you're accepting something and actually embody, embodiment of acceptance. Mm. Um, 
And so I would say that that would be a really powerful thing to, to guide that particular person to, mm. to understand at a very deep level how to, how to do that. Right. What do you think about the sort of tech things around like the chili pad and the eight pod and, and all these sorts of things that can help people with temperature and so on? I think they're fantastic. I am a big believer in better living through science and technology. And so, you know, again, those things are really, we're going to help with sleep quality. Mm-hmm. They're not going to really solve insomnia. Yeah. Um, you know, people have this idea like, oh, I'm going to get a chili pad and I'm just going to sleep amazing. Mm. Um, no, it'll, it'll help you get more deep sleep for sure. Mm. And there's a lot of science around that. I mean, our bodies have to drop one to two degrees just to initiate sleep. Hmm. So having a, a, a cool room or having a, a, a device like a sleep eight pod or, um, you know, a bed jet, uh, or even jumping in a, a, you know, a hot shower that then cools your body off or, um, doing something that helps manage your body temperature can absolutely increase sleep quality, hmm. but it's not, it's not going to solve your insomnia if you have insomnia. So um, who would, who would best, um, what kind of people would best be using that kind of thing? So, so it's not, as you say, it's not for someone who's got insomnia, but who would it really help those kind of devices? Oh man, great question, Tony. It, it really is for people that, um, that are into optimizing the one third of their life that they spend in bed. Hmm. So it could be athletes. It could be people that don't have insomnia that just want to sleep better. Mm-hmm. You know, that want to get, see if they can, they can increase the time they're in deep sleep or REM sleep and mm-hmm. see what that'll do as far as their cognitive performance and their energy the mm-hmm. next day. Um, I would say that's really what those tools are useful for, right. um, which is a much smaller demographic than, you know, there's, than, there's like over 40 million people that have insomnia in, in the States. I'm not sure what the number is globally, but that number is definitely increased. But I like to say there's like three buckets that I put people in. Hmm. There's people that don't sleep well, but it's not really a problem. They don't prioritize sleep. They don't really have good sleep hygiene. They're maybe not taking care of their health. Mm-hmm. That's a big portion of the world. Then there's people that have insomnia, which is a smaller portion of that portion. And then there's people that sleep well, but want to sleep better. Hmm. And that's an even, that's probably the smallest portion. Mm. And that's really where these tools of like, you know, optimization with, with bedtime tech can be very, very beneficial Mm. the way I see it, at least. One of the things I find, uh, what's the right word? I was going to say interesting. Interesting is not the right word, but horrifying maybe is how many people are, are horrified by when you when you explain to them the benefits of a wind down routine, and the, all they see is that they're going to be missing all this TV time, and they're not going to be able to do this, that, and the other, and and they don't see that for some reason they're just unable to see how much of a difference it will make to their lives. They just think about oh, I'm going to be missing all this TV and, and whatever. Mm. Yeah, and that's and again. So that's kind of the the bigger portion of people, right? That aren't prioritizing sleep. They don't know the true value of what amazing sleep creates. Hmm. And so I think for the, for most people, um, really connecting with how important sleep actually is can be a motivating factor for them to say, you know what, 
tonight I'm going to turn off the TV and I am going to do like this breathing exercise or I'm going to, mm. you know, do some stretching or reading or, you know, disconnect maybe some prayer or meditation or whatever it is that can kind of buffer your, your, uh, your day from your night and transition you into a peaceful rest. Um, I think for those people, it's really sometimes sharing with them, Hey, this is what you're missing out on. Another challenge too, I think is people don't really understand how bad they feel until they start to feel good. Mm -hmm. So people think, ah, you know, I sleep. Okay. It's not that big a deal, you know, and they're not measuring it. So they really don't know. Yeah. Right. And sometimes if you've thrown an aura ring on someone that watches TV, that's complaining about making this bedtime ritual, you know, the time to do that, they see, oh, wow, like I, I watched TV and I had a big glass of wine and a donut before I went to bed. And man, my sleep really was terrible. They actually can see it. It's kind of like getting a blood test, right? Mm. You see it and then you, have the, then you have the motivation. Okay, well, now you know what it's doing. Do you want something else? Mm. And that can be really empowering for people. Mm. Um, hence, again, measuring it. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe that creating healthy habits should be easy. If you know a friend or a loved one who might be interested in learning simple habits to improve their health, then please share this podcast with them. We also invite you to subscribe and to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to the show. So when someone comes to you and they've got some real... They haven't got insomnia, but they've got some real issues with trying to get to sleep, or maybe they wake up too often, or whatever the case may be. What is the realistically the shortest period of time they could expect to to have to work at it to start getting some real benefits and improvements? Yeah, you know, it's I never like to put timelines on things because that creates expectation, which mm. creates more pressure, and actually can do the complete opposite of what we're trying to achieve. Right. So, and everybody's, everybody, everybody is different, mm. right? So everyone has different lifestyle, different age, you know, different needs, lives in different places. So it really isn't like a one size fits all, like just like one diet isn't right for everyone, right? There's, mm. I don't think there's one sort of silver bullet fix for sleep that is right for everyone. It's, it takes experiment and it takes an openness and a willingness to change. Hmm. And I think also a, a big part of that is being able to embrace the discomfort of change. Hmm. And um, it just, yeah, so it's it's really hard for me to answer that. But um, I guess what, yeah. what I'm trying to get at is, um, so, so I, I reword it because I didn't word it very well. So I think everyone wants results so quickly. So it's more a case of because people expect results so quickly, what would be, what would you, I, I mean, I, I appreciate everyone is very different, but what would you say to people generally? Look, you need to give it at least X number of days. What, what would you say X might be for most people? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're committed to making some, some real changes, you should be able to see changes. I would say w at least within two weeks. Right. And really start to notice a difference. But again, it depends on what you're changing, what you're implementing. Like, are you limit? Are you you know not drinking as much caffeine? Are you not drinking alcohol? You know, um, are you committed to a wind down routine? Are you taking breaks throughout your day so you're not building up all this tension and stress in your mind body system that needs to be released? Mm. You know, like so you know some some simple things that that you know I, I can share that are easy to remember and helpful for people. 
you know, three, two, one sleep three hours before you like to be asleep. No, no more food. Mm -hmm. Two hours before you like to be asleep. No more work. One hour before you want to be asleep. You start your wind down routine, your bedtime ritual, you know, Mm -hmm. your relaxation kind of no screens and just, it's really simple to remember three, two, one sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so if, if, if those people that are listening to this implemented three, two, one sleep and they didn't have insomnia, um, you know, they would definitely notice a difference within, mm-hmm. I would say, maybe even as soon as a week mm-hmm. of doing that. Um, but you generally, you know, it takes, it takes time for, for lifestyle change to actually be felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and again, if, if you're measuring it, then you can kind of see it, which can create that motivation to continue to do it because usually you're, you're giving up something or it feels like you're giving up something uh, in the short term but maybe whatever that is, is actually, um, it out the, the positive outweighs the, the pain of giving that, whatever that is up. Do you, do you think many people understand about, um, sleep opportunity, you know, giving themselves enough sleep opportunity? I think most people don't, don't most, most people do not prioritize and protect sleep. They think it's a waste of time hmm. and they don't realize how powerful and important it is for their health, for their longevity, for their you know, cognitive performance. And so like, that's a, I think the, the conversation is starting to change now, you know, with scientists like Matthew Walker publishing a lot more, you know, really interesting science around what actually happens when you don't prioritize and protect sleep, hmm. which inadvertently has created a lot more insomniacs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, God, if, I think if people just realized how important it is, I think they would start to create more of an opportunity to get more of it. I, at least I believe that. So for the people you've worked with, what is, and, and I appreciate, obviously they all had different issues and, and so all required different advice and whatever, but what is the change that's made the biggest difference to most people? Yeah. Yeah. You know what it is? It's actually, it's acceptance, acceptance. It really is. It's, and it sounds so simple, but just when we're in resistance of anything, it creates more tension and stress. Hmm. And when we're specifically talking about sleep and people have, you know, these patterns running there, there's a lot of different psychological patterns that kind of lead people to not being able to sleep well and having insomnia. But the biggest, I think, honestly, out of every tool that we, we give clients, it seems like acceptance is, is the one when people really get that and understand how to implement that. It's, it really seems to change their, their results. And what would you say to people listening who think the answer is sleep medications? <laughs> You know, so I, first and foremost, I'm not anti-medication by any means. I think there's a time and a place for medication. Now, most people are, what they don't realize is, is those are, they're abused. They're, they become habit forming. They're overprescribed. They're band-aids. And there's a time and a place for a band-aid. Hmm. But band-aid, leaving a band-aid on or, or taking a band, one band-aid off and putting another band-aid on isn't the solution. That's you're addressing, you're treating the symptoms. You're not addressing the root cause. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if, and again, there's a time and a place for, for that, mm-hmm. but I, unfortunately most people just don't understand the time or the place. Yeah. 
Hmm. And it, it really is so unfortunate because they, they are pretty much the worst medications you could take. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a, from a side, side effect standpoint, it's, um, they're terrible hmm. just to be, to be frank. Yeah. And it leads, it, well, a lot of people end up far worse after a few months and years than they were in the first place before they started. Yeah. Something. I mean, it's, it's, in, it's really crazy. And I, we support people and have supported people that have been on these medications for decades, right. literally decades. Right. Uh, and, and, um, you know, it's, they, they, it's, it's, um, but you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And it's not the, it's not doctor's faults because mm. doctors are trained to prescribe medication. They don't really, they don't know that there's other possibilities out there or they don't have the time to, to, to kind of provide that level of support. So it's not really doctor's faults. It's real. it's the system, pharmaceutical mm. companies, you know, it's, it's billions and billions of dollars, mm. uh, sleep medications. And it's, um, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, greed and it's, it's, uh, pharmaceutical companies. I mean, they're, they're happy to keep writing these scripts. And again, there's a time and place for some of these medications. I'm not anti-medication by any means whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'm not coming across that I am. It's just, there's a, you know, using them the right way with the right mindset is very important. Well, can you think of, um, an example of some, anyone that you've worked with where they've maybe someone who's, who's had them been really surprised by the results that they've got from working with you yeah yeah I, I actually so there there was a one woman we worked with who was taking sleeping medications literally for 30 years right. and you know she she thought that she she started she, first and foremost she thought that she would never be able to restore her natural sleep because of this has been a 30-year problem for her she's been reliant on a chemical to, to sedate her for 30 years um, she was at a point where she was actually losing her memory. Um, she, sometimes she was having a hard time remembering her name. It was really affecting her. The, it was the medication plus a lack of sleep. Hmm. And through implementing the tools and receiving the support and her really doing the work, and it does take work. It's not as easy as taking an Ambien or Lanesta or Clonazepam or all the other things that people take. Hmm. Um, she was able to res- naturally restore her sleep. And she, not only did she get off all her sleeping medications and she was on a few, she also was able to stop taking the uh, antidepressant that, that she's, she had been taking and she's totally medication free and, and she's sleeping and she still is. And this was uh, years ago. Um, so it's possible if, if, if people are willing to do the work. And, and I guess, well, it's not simply that she improved her sleep. I'm imagining there were so many other benefits that she, she got as well. Oh yeah. I mean, she was able to get back to work. I mean, her whole life changed literally. I mean, her relationship with her husband improved, her energy improved, you know, her memory came back. She was able to, you know, she wasn't embarrassed anymore because she was forgetting people's names or leaving her keys and in weird places and forgetting about them. So like her, her, she got her life back. Mm. Um, and that's really the power of, of when you are able to get good sleep and, 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 allow your body to do what it's designed to do. Just like our heartbeats, we don't have to think about it. Just like our lungs inhale and exhale, we don't need to think about it. Sleep's one of the things we don't really need to think about. Hmm. Um, and, you know, when you get enough of it and it's good quality sleep, it, it can be life-changing and it and often is. And I, and I think a lot of people don't realize that th- there's so many issues that 
that they're having and they don't realize that sleep is probably going to be the biggest contributor to to fix well maybe not fixing the issue on its own but the shoe the biggest help to to fixing that issue it's the biggest lever tony and and i love that that's like your your number one pillar Uh, it's it really is because when you're not sleeping you could be eating all the right foods but you're going to crave sugar like crazy you're not going to have the energy to exercise you're going to be grouchy and irritable it's going to affect your relationships so it's like it really is um you know, uh, like an emotional first aid. It's, it's, it allows your metabolism, your body to actually heal. It gives you energy. It's, it's just, it is this amazing thing, which then can also, you know, this is a challenge. You know, when I, when I speak about sleep this way, sometimes what happens is people put it on a pedestal and then that creates this expectation and this anxiety around, Oh, all I need to do is sleep and my life will change and all my problems will be fixed. And in some cases, yes, but having that expectation and putting all that pressure on it actually keeps you from peaceful sleep. It's very tricky. <laughs> so, yeah. if, so someone has that issue and they are, they are now in that situation where they, they've got so much expectation, what would you advise them to do? What would be a good step for them to take? Yeah, it would be to really identify the attachments and desires and expectations and and to help that person see if those attachments and expectations are actually keeping them from what they want. Hmm. So aversion and attachment, that's what creates the most suffering for people. Hmm. Um, If they're either attached to a certain outcome or a certain timeline or have expectations and the reality isn't meeting those expectations, then it creates frustration and fear, doubt and worry, which Hmm. keep people stuck. So really what happens is when you actually start to show people the thinking that keeps them stuck, the body's an intelligent machine. The mind is, is, is a, is amazing. It's, it's an, it's, it's an amazing thing when you actually can, can connect with the blind spots that are keeping you stuck. Hmm. Um, so really analyzing those, those attachments and those expectations and, and seeing, well, is having that helping you or not helping you <laughs> and, and allowing people to really see the ways in which they are keeping the problem going. Hmm. You mentioned earlier that for someone who's got some real sort of sleep problems and, you know, maybe around things, insomnia or, or even if it's close to insomnia, that they probably shouldn't be napping because of the whole adenosine thing. But who would you say that napping is good for? Uh, great for athletes. Grateful for people that don't have insomnia. Um, you know, it's napping is incredible. It's mm. an incredible uh, way of restoring the body. I mean, naturally, our body temperature drops, um, you know, a couple degrees around 2 to 3 p.m. And that's why most of the world, you know, the siesta, mm. you know, it's just somehow we, in I, I think uh, the Western world, we forgot about, you know, work life balancing and harmony. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so napping can be a very powerful tool to reset the mind and body midday. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about the duration of the nap? I would say 20 minutes. You know, you don't want to really get into a, in a full, deep, you know, delta sleep or, or, or uh, you know, you don't want to get into delta sleep when you're taking a nap. So yeah. 20 minutes seems to be like the, the optimal time for, for a nap. Anything longer than that, you might start to dip into that delta sleep and then you wake up and you're kind of you know, groggy and sort of maybe more tired than when you took the nap. So timing is, is important when, when we're talking about, uh, 
optimization of, of naps for sure. So what is your, your wind down routine? What do you do every night? Yeah, that's great. Great. Uh, I love this question. Um, you know, so for me, what it looks, it changes, uh, it changes. And so what it's been as of lately, uh, some things don't change and some things change, but mm-hmm. what the things that I'll talk about things that don't change and the things that changed, um, things that don't change is I always make a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I always have some type of worm beverage. Um, that's kind of just triggers my mind and body. Hey, it's time to kind of mellow out, sip it s- slow. Um, and, and the thing that changes really the physical practice that I have. So sometimes it might be stretching and foam rolling. Um, as of lately, I've been using what's called a chi machine mm-hmm. and I'm not sure it's, it's, I'll, I'll explain it. You put your legs in it and it kind of moves your legs back and forth and it helps move lymph and blood, um, in your body. Mm-hmm. And it just really puts you in a really nice relaxed state. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll have a, a warm shower or a hot shower and I get in bed and I read. Hmm. And then the lights out. So that's, and do you tend to read some b- b- before you're going to bed? Do you tend to read something different than you would say during during the day, or what, what kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, I I tend to read uh, spiritual books at right. night. So Eckhart Tolle, or um, you know, the book that I'm reading now is No Death, No Fear by Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, things that are that are just. Um, I don't know. I just find that reading spiritual texts at night mm-hmm. is soothing. So, and, uh, so that's, that's my practice. And so of, is that, life. so you mentioned something's changed. So is it, what, what aspects of that is it that, that, cha- that are changeable? Yeah. The things that change is really the physical practice. Right. So am I, am I going to be, be consistently stretching or am I going to be going for a walk or am I going to be on the chi machine? No. Or, um, you know, what the, so those things kind of the physical component of my practice changes and sometimes it changes daily. Like I kind of feel into what I feel like I need or what would be exciting to me. And then I listen to that. Um, sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's sort of just a, a breathing practice or, or meditation or, um, you know, some of the other things that I'm, I think are playing guitar you know, playing music, you know, just kind of strumming the guitar. Um, so they, you know, things come in and out. I kind of just listen to what I feel like I, I need to, um, to put me in a, a relaxed space. Well, there's one component that you just mentioned of your wind down routine that 99% of British people would definitely be up for. And that was the cup of tea bar that you said. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's no caffeine in it. Herbal tea. Yeah. I love tea though. Yeah. I'm a huge tea drinker. I love it. It's uh, all kinds of tea with caffeine and without. Uh, but at night it's usually a, you know, uh, some type of uh, herbal tea, like chamomile or ginger or, you know, maybe a valerian root or kava mm. kava or something like that. Yeah. It's not stuff full of sugar or milk. And- <laughs> no, no, no. That's fun. That's fun at tea time, but not right before you go to bed. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I mean, you touched upon just now about books. Is there a book that's really sort of moved you or you really, it's really stuck in your mind over, that you've read in the last few weeks, months, years, whatever? Yeah, I, you know, the one that I'm reading right now, I would say is is really powerful. And that is the Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, it's, it's No Death, No Fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a 
beautiful book about uh, about death and dying, which which really is interesting. There's a lot of um, things around sleep and death. Hmm. Um, people have some. It's you know, it's like when you die, you're the big sleep, right? Um, but yeah, late, lately for me, that that's a very powerful book. It's it's really speaking to me, um, and it's it's just beautiful. He's a beautiful writer and poet and sage mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well we'll, we'll put that. a copy of that in in the show notes i'll put a link to to that book so and if people want to find out more about you and get in contact with you and your sort of social media the course you do and whatever where's the best places to look uh sleepscienceacademy.com mm-hmm. or you or devinburke.com that's more my uh my speaking website but sleep science academy is where we support clients and you know our different social channels um, YouTube and Instagram and all that fun stuff um, can be found on either either one of those right. uh, websites. Yeah. Okay. Well, all, all those links will, will be in the show notes for anyone listening. And so, finally, Devin, before, well, is there a quotation that you particularly like? Yes. Yes, there is. It's. Uh, I'll, I'll just read it because it's on a post-it note right in front of me. It's. Um, there's no place to go to get what you already have. And there's nothing to do to become what you already are. And, and why does that resonate with you? It just speaks to the truth. It just cuts through all the BS. It just, when I, when I read that, um, to me, it just cuts through all the illusions of when I get this, I'll be happy. I'm not enough. Um, all the stories, all the programming that most of us have from society and from just being in this world, mm. that little statement just is, just rings really true for me. So and it connects me to, to peace. And so much so that you've got it, is it on your on a post-it on your computer or something? It is. I'm looking right. at it right now. It's right in, yeah, it's, that stays right in front of me because I got to I gotta read that often throughout the day to... Well, to, to get connected to it Devin well, thank you for your time I, I really appreciate it it's been a, a great episode and I'm I'm hoping a lot of people will get enormous benefit from some of the you know, some of the wisdom that you shared so thank you Tony thanks for having me and thanks for all the work that you're doing in the world to help inspire people to to really take better care of themselves so that they can you know, live a more joyful peaceful energized happy life thank you Next week, episode 30 is with Dawson Church, PhD. He is a specialist in EFT tapping. He's a best-selling author, an award-winning researcher, and he has a book called Bliss Brain, the neuroscience of remodeling your brain for resilience, creativity, and joy. So we're going to find out a lot more about what EFT is, what all this tapping stuff is that people talk about, about neuroscience and manifesting it. And so that's next week's episode with Dawson Church. If you know anyone who has issues with sleep, uh, maybe they're they're really struggling to get better sleep, please do share this week's episode with Devin Burke with them and hopefully that will help them improve their sleep. Hope you have a great week and see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at TonyWinyard.com. See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.